In our long-form interview tonight, Graham, you speak with the CEO of the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre, Peter King, who successfully steered this venue through the pandemic when it was unable to facilitate the business for which it was designed, staging meetings, conventions and exhibitions. But if people thought Peter King was simply going to take things lying down, they were wrong. When it was safe to do so, he opened it up to the community, transforming cavernous exhibition space into a city drive-in theatre. He partnered with the Royal Children's Hospital and other charities to help with their money-raising. And he also went out on a limb in partnering to establish the Loom, one of the most successful immersive art exhibitions in Melbourne and the envy of others around the world. You may not know that Peter King was also a state cricket player, captain and coach of Melbourne Cricket Club. And as he steps down from the job, Graham asks him what parallels there are between leading a cricket team and doubling the revenue of a multi-million dollar facility, such as the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. Can you tell me the connection between... Peter King and cricket and then administration and then a different form of administration but also involving crowds. You seem to love crowds. <laughs> yes, that's true. I was um, just thinking about that as I was sitting watching Billy Joel the other night yeah. um, about how I I love these uh, these events. So I sort of, yeah, no, look, I, uh, well, I came up through I ran some businesses in consumer products and consumer goods, so you know, not not connected into the events and venue business at all before I uh, joined the Royal Agricultural Society in Sydney. But ever since then, that's probably fifteen years ago. It's um, it's just been all about yeah, events and crowds and yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> but the cricket, the cricket connection um, played um, yeah, I played cricket since I was pretty small and through the Moorabbin Cricket Club originally and then ultimately at the Melbourne Cricket Club and played there for um, probably about 13 or 14 years, I think, and I ended up captaining and coaching uh, the team to a premiership and to sort of for three or four years doing that sort of captaining and coaching role at the club. Went up to Sydney for a couple of years and coached and captained at Manly Cricket Club and then um, came back to Melbourne and... Yeah, I've sort of been involved with cricket all the way through, ultimately, and, and now I'm on the committee at the MCC, so we, we run the MCG and, op- and operate that, and, and also a very large cricket program, probably the biggest, and uh, even though I'm saying it, it's the biggest and probably most professional premier cricket outfit in Australia, I think. we uh, At the moment, so I sort of oversee that, from an MCC perspective, so yeah, it's all a lot of um, alignment and uh, you know experience gathered, I suppose, through leading people right from a young age, um, and ultimately through into running, you know, the big the big business here at the MCEC. You might you might have been part of the team that decided to build another MCG down here in Bay Morris. Yes. That's a yeah, pretty look, amazing been, move. I've got to thank you, first of all, for raising the house property prices down here. <laughs> Every know, option you go cool. to, it's got a lot of Indians at it now. Yeah, look, it's, um, it's been a huge, 
uh, win-win. I think the club um, has invested significantly in in the facilities down at Morris Secondary School, and it's and it was a great relationship with the school. The school are known, I think, as pretty progressive educators, and uh, they embraced the idea of of us investing in the facilities there. And it's and it's yeah, I think it's a very popular school. People are buying into the area just to be yeah. able to get access to the school. So just, just and look, the facilities were yeah, the facilities were built there. Are, um, second to none, really. The, the main oval there is about the same size as the MCG, and it's probably about the same quality that the wicket and the, and, and the and, field is. And the is keepers in. from uh, the MCG actually curate the ground at Beaumaris, yes. yeah? Yes, yeah. So, so um, for cricket and football? Yes, yes, we've got the MCC women's football team down there and we also do some work with the local Morris Soccer Club and there's there's also lacrosse plays down there as well. Um, so there's it's it's been a great asset for the local community yeah. and um, it's been a, yeah, a great investment really. And then over the, the road, if you want to expand, you've got, of course, uh, Royal Melbourne Golf Club. Maybe that'll be the next move. I'm a member at Royal Melbourne Golf Club. Oh, I so, didn't um, know that, Peter. <laughs> so I've probably hit a couple of balls into the ground. The, uh, into the ground on the odd occasion. I'm not, I'm not renowned for my my good direction. I'm, I can oh, hit it all right, but it doesn't normally go where it's meant well, to. Well, I think we all have moments like that, Peter. So I'm just <laughs> intrigued, though. You, you know, your background is very interesting in the leadership uh, of a cricket team and uh, perhaps more broadly of a, of a club and then the move uh, it, from the commercial perspective. How, what are the similarities between uh, leading a, a, a bunch of players um, onto a field and through a, a five-day test or whatever you, you played um, and running the, MC, the MCEC with its... Um, Hundreds and dare I say at times thousands of employees. Yeah, look, I think there is a lot of similarity in in leading. It's just leadership of people, really. Um, I mean, we we trained hard playing cricket. We, um, you know, we enjoyed what we did, um, but we had a you know we had a strategy and a um, we were very competitive. Um, and you know, I've, I guess I've always been a very competitive person. I really I want to win at whatever I do. Um, and then we celebrated our successes. So it's, it's the same in business, really. You you set your goals. Um, you set up to win. You want to you want to have success, whatever that looks like, and whatever you decide success looks like. And then you need to build a team culture to deliver on the success. And I think that's what's been so successful here at MCEC is that we have built a, a great group of people over a long period of time who have ultimately delivered success to the business but but cricket's cricket's the same you know we built you know one of the teams I but we actually won a premiership in premier cricket we had you know people like Dean Jones in the team and Craig Bradley you know a legendary Carlton footballer yep um, and you know it was a it was a group of talented individuals that had to be molded into a successful team you know you got people like like Dino, who's just an incredible player, but you've got to make sure he fits the team culture. He can't just come in and do whatever he wants to do. Um, and he, he was a fantastic participant in that premiership team. But yeah. so I've had to, uh, you have to mould 
you know, I think sometimes you're a, you're a psychologist and a psychiatrist and a, all sorts of things in, in that trying to manage people, but you've got to appreciate their differences and appreciate the skills that they bring to the table, but then you've got to mould them into an aligned team to deliver on a strategy, and that's the same on a cricket field as it is on the, in a business. You're listening to Graham Kemlow in conversation with Pete King on cricket, leadership and innovation as he steps down after 11 years as CEO of the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. Uh, some of Australia's cricketers were renowned drinkers, Peter. Um, <laughs> did you have to sort of uh, decide to let them know which which side of the line was the amateur side and which side was the professional side? And they, I mean, that sort of happened, I think, in the 70s, didn't it? Yeah, look, I probably played at the end of the... Um at the end of that era, because we didn't get paid really anything much. We got, I think, I think for a four-day Shield game, we got $240. Wow. Um, and so, you know, we, were, we had to play for enjoyment. We were never going to make a lot of money out of it at that stage. But then it was, only a, it was only a few years after I finished playing that, you know, Dino was probably one of the first to actually make a living out of the game. And so it was probably the late the late 80s, mid to late 80s, when it started to become much more professional. And I played mainly in that sort of early 80s period. And we, um, so yeah, we, we we played hard, trained hard, played hard, and probably celebrated pretty hard as well right. in those days. So but, you, um, you were around cricket when Kerry Packer decided it was something he needed to uh, have a piece mm. of. How did that affect yeah. Um probably didn't affect me too much at the time. I nearly, I know I did get some feelers to go to South Africa. If you remember, there was a South African um, sort of rebel tour. Yeah. Um, I got a little, a couple of feelers at one stage to, to test my uh, interest in something like that, which never eventuated. But, yeah, look, I've got, I've got to know over the years um, the Dennis Lillies and Greg Chappells and you know, these guys who were just impacted, you know, I remember talking to Dennis Lilly just a couple of years ago, he said how they got, I think his first year of World Series cricket, he got $30,000, and he and he said that was just unbelievable, like he just mm. felt like a rock star getting paid $30,000 to play cricket. Something he um, loved, yeah. Yeah, so it, was a, it, it did have a pretty tumultuous effect, I suppose it affected me a little bit because we lost a few of the really significant leaders in cricket to World Series cricket, so we we sort of had a, a, a period there where we were a bit under under uh, resourced, but I mean ultimately had a very positive effect I think on cricket. Although they're looking at it today, I don't know how whether it's necessarily administered as well as it could be. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, I, I don't imagine there'd have been a T Twenty without the World Series. No, that's right. And, that's right. Uh, it's, and certainly, it's, a, it's a funny game, cricket, cricket, considering it's a incredibly conservative and long, you know, long-standing game. You've you've had T twenties, you know, fifty over cricket, Test cricket, all sorts of different colours and clothing, and you know, it's so it's a it's quite an innovative game, given how you know old and conservative it can be. Yes. Well, the administrators have obviously been prepared to wear some of that. Yes, that's right. And uh, so it's, you and, know, it goes uh, to that. And is that that's just that's their sort of vision, or um, did money sort of force a hand in the end? 
I think a bit of both. Money certainly had an impact, but but you know they've got to be you've got to be pretty flexible, and you've got to listen to the to the customer. Um, and if people want, you know, if they're getting a little bit tired of Test cricket, they want fifty over cricket, and ultimately they want twenty over cricket. So yeah. I think they've been pretty responsive to the market, really. Well, when I hear you say that, I think of what you've done with your team at MCEC, uh, turning what has been purely an exhibition and a and a convention space into first a drive-in picture theatre and then an immersive uh, visual arts experience unlike any other. How far do you feel as a leader you, you need to bend or do you need to get out there and generate the vision? Where, where do you sit in that sort of uh, spectrum? Uh, look, I think you've just got to be prepared to be innovative or pre- be prepared to look at, at new things. Um, and provide an environment where people bring new things to you. I mean, over the years, you know, I was involved up at the showgrounds in uh, in Sydney, and we, you know, we started a relationship with the um, the supercar, or the, uh, yeah. the motor car business, and um, you know that was that was just fantastic that whole um, that whole relationship. But then you've got, you know, there's been concerts, um, um, you know, all sorts of, you know, as you said, the loom the looms come along. I mean it. I think you know a lot of people get stuck in a in a bit of a I don't know they 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 won't look outside of the boundaries that are around them at, at any one time and and you can potentially lose opportunities like the, the loom came up I could have easily said that's not business for us and walked away from it but we didn't and I think that's sort of been evident all through my career hopefully I think is it, you know I I've considered things outside the box all the way through and you know you don't have to do all of them but you can pick the ones that uh, have the biggest impact and you know I think we've been uh, we've been very flexible in that sense and that, that sort of the theory around being slightly unconventional I really like I don't I don't want to get stuck in a in a box and do the same things over and over again I think we've, we've got to challenge ourselves and it's great for the staff as well they get to experience different forms of um, events and it's just being open to to new thinking, I think, and mm. to new ideas. Were you an opening batsman, Peter? No, I was probably a middle order batsman. Right, but um, you still have to pick the ball to play, right? Yes, yes. I just I realised that a lot more towards the end of my career than I did at the start. Of it, so. <laughs> it was a bit T20 and, at the start, was it? Well, I used to get the bells and sirens a bit and decide yeah. I could could uh, hit it wherever I wanted to hit it at any one time, but. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got to be uh, you got to pick pick the right right ball exactly. Obviously, a premiership, uh, captaining a cricket uh, team, and, and uh, winning a premiership was a, was a great achievement. What what do you think's your best uh, or the achievement you're most proud of at MCEC? Um, look, I think the growth we've achieved has been enormous. The business has more than doubled since I started. So growth equals, I, I guess, a success, so it's been very successful there. Um, the team, the culture that we've developed here, I think, is is the best feature of what I've been able to achieve. It's a great culture and respected around the world and certainly around Australia and is a good place to do business. And then, yeah, probably just some of the partnerships. I think I sort of identified when I first came here that we were in a privileged position to be a government entity. So we, whilst we have very strong commercial 
outcome as we wanted to deliver. We, we actually had the ability to do a lot for our community as well. So things like the, um, the Good Friday appeal, Kids, kids stay out on Good Friday and the relationship with Oz Harvest and with Starlight Foundation and Variety and you know, we we make people's lives better by some of those activities and you know that's been I guess one of the great privileges of this position is that we can we can not only deliver economic impact to the state but we can actually have a great impact on our on our local communities as well. So, Peter, what about your next innings? Yeah, the next innings is just to have a month off in uh, <laughs> and have a bit of a breather. I think the, the general advice is just to stop and and uh, get some oxygen and have a bit of a think, which is what I'm going to do. So really, Christmas time I'll be finishing. It's just it's been such a busy year, and it's even this week's another busy week. So I think you just need to stop. Um, so I haven't got anything uh, organised at this point, but I'm keen to do to just hopefully stay involved in the in the events and venue industry around Melbourne. I think it's an incredible industry that, that is sort of the very heart, the DNA of Melbourne. So with the relationships and partnerships I've got there, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll uh, be able to do something maybe not quite as big and stressful as this particular role that I'm leaving now, but um, something I'll... I'd like like to stay in touch with uh, in the future. So, so nothing, nothing organised, but um, a bit of a break, and then we'll see what happens. Well, Peter, uh, just want to, uh, on behalf of of uh, the media who uh, who talked to you over these years, just want to say thank you for your availability and for your level headedness in some tough times, and uh, wish you well, and uh, look forward to being able to talk with you again somewhere significant and somewhere important for uh, business events in Melbourne. Yeah, no, thanks, Graham. It's been been fantastic. Great relationship. And, yeah, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Look Keep well. Thank you very much, Peter. That was Peter King speaking with Graham Kemlow on the eve of his departure from Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre after 11 very successful years as CEO. The acclaimed Monet and Friends is still showing at the Loom. Tickets available at www.theloommelbourne, all one word, all lowercase, dot com. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.